Hi, I'm Lucas James. And I'm Jordan Ross. And I'm AJ Casada. And we're the co-hosts of How to Scale an Agency. After scaling our own agencies to over $185,000 per month in sales and working with agencies doing hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue like Hawk Media and Neil Patel, we've made this show to interview the top digital marketing agency owners and highlight the fastest ways to scale your agency. If you would like to join a community of like-minded agency owners and scale your business while doing so, go to eightfigureagency.co forward slash call to explore options on how we can help you scale your agency. Guys, welcome back to another episode of How to Scale an Agency. It's Jordan Ross, founder of Eight Figure Agency, where we help you scroll like scroll, grow like a motherfucker. That's my new tagline of the day because we're in a good mood. Today, I got Jordash here. I'll let him introduce himself, but this is a, a fun conversation because this is just a, a real live consultation that me and him are doing. I pulled my audience on Twitter. It's like, yo, who wants to come on live and get free consultation? We're just going to record it. And this man who's running a seven figure business is like, yo, I am. Let's do it. So Jordash, for everyone that's listening, just so they could be cued in, who are you? What type of business do you run? And then once we do that, we're actually going to dive right in. I'm Jordash Perozo, and uh, I've got t- over 25 years of e-commerce experience. I've been doing e-commerce since before eBay, PayPal, any of that existed back for you know back in the day when we were mailing money to each other, right? So uh, I, I'd sell something online and send it. And then literally dollar bills in the mail. That was the best thing when you're a little kid. So that was awesome. Um, I, run, I own and operate uh, an Amazon agency that I uh, bootstrap to an eight-figure valuation uh, in less than five years. And uh, I'm also a real estate investor. I'm a big game nerd. I like to apply game theory everywhere I can in my business and what I do. And uh, I'm a dad. Awesome. I'm very excited for this conversation. and. As it relates to your business, so 12 months from today, where do you live, by the way? Yeah, so I am just outside of uh, Portland, Oregon, but I'm actually in Washington. I'm in Camas, Washington. Okay. That's actually weird that you don't know Brendan. I guess up there in the Pacific Northwest, there's a lot of Amazon agencies. Everyone thinks for like everyone just lives in Seattle if you're in the Northwest. But... Well, no, they're, they're an Amazon agency in the Pacific Northwest, and they're doing a lot of trade shows. So I figured if they're up in that region of the, of the country and you're both doing a lot of trade shows over a long period of time, you probably have run into each other at some point. So guys, Brendan's a fellow ADF client who's, they've been crushing it. They've grown a lot since working with us. But 12 months from today, let's say I'm up in the Pacific Northwest. I see you on the street, any given place. I'm like, Jordash, holy shit, bro. What's up? You got your little family with you. You look happy as a clam. And you got a big smile on your face. You're like, Jordan, I'm, I'm over the moon. I'm having the best, just the best professional year of my life. What do you accomplish in the next 12 months that makes you say that to me? Yeah, so I actually have broken up my business into three business units. I have an advertising business. I have a help desk business, which operates more like a MSP business in the Amazon space. And I believe it's light years ahead of what anyone else is doing in the space. It's my fastest growing business unit. I would say that a year from now that that has tripled, just that one single business unit. And then I have my um, partnership business, which effectively, it's all about margin at this point on that side of the business and being more selective with my partners. So while I don't necessarily want to blow up revenue per se, I'd like to double the revenue, but I'd like to triple the margins there. And uh, that's the plan right now. 
I understand the help desk side. Uh, we have plenty of MSP clients and I feel like if you're a human, you've probably spoken to some form of a help desk. Partner business, what's that mean for everyone listening? We uh, work with premium brands to help grow their business. And so we approach them and we lay out a proposal and a plan to partner with them. It can and cannot be equity exchange even, but effectively the goal for us and our mission is to get a percentage of growth with uh, the, the brands that we work with. We want to bet on ourselves. We've proven it enough. We've got enough. We know what we're capable of. But what I've learned over time is that we find ourselves to be the, the mature one in the relationship oftentimes. And um, so we're becoming more and more selective over time about who we want to partner with. They need to be able to plug into digital governance and a digital world and be able to execute. Uh, it's not fun to work with someone who and you triple their sales and then just lack of business experience. They can put themselves out of business, uh, whether it's manufacturing operations, etc. So I'm um, getting a little bit more picky on that side of the business. I will actually have to introduce you to Brendan because they do a lot of the supply chain and warehousing for Amazon businesses. So that actually could be an interesting partner for you. So the goal for the next 12 months, you want to triple primarily the help desk and then scale you know, the partnership business. If you only did those two things, would it be a successful year for your own business? Position my business where not only my business partner would have a successful exit, but I would have the option to. But I struggle to believe that I would because I love what I do. I never think if you really love what you do, you should never sell. This grass isn't always greener. And at that point, you could always leverage, like if you want to pursue other things, you could always exit operations, keep the cash flow and do other things. But I've had three offers and that's pretty much what we've come back to every time is like, why I'm having, I'm, I'm having fun. It keeps growing. I make more money month to month, right? Like, why would I give up that opportunity? I don't even think I've begun to peak. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Not even based on what, I mean, you're, you're you know, low multi seven figures, like this could easily go mid seven figures and then high seven figures, right? Especially with what you're doing. So there's so much growth. What are the ambiguities, right? So you obviously were seeking like the consultation, like you're jacked up for it. We're excited we're here. What are the things you're trying to figure out right now that will slow the growth that might not enable you to hit the, the MSP? I know it's a help desk business. We're just going to call it MSP for the moment. The MSP business tripling. And for those of you that don't know, MSP stands for Managed Service Provider, typically correlated with an IT business. And then for the partnership you know, business, you're growing that successfully. What are the things you have to figure out? Areas of ambiguity, question marks, because that's obviously where we're going to dive in for this call. I think it's the uh, digital creation part that's the biggest gap right now. I've gotten to this point with pretty much not spending a dime on advertising. Out, like Everything we do is direct. We go straight to trade shows we talk to people we don't have inbound we don't do social media the biggest social media presence my company has is probably my poor little twitter profile so the fact that we've been able to do this this far is is definitely a piece of it that i just know that it's time to tell the whole world because we know what works and and we're ready to scale so really it's my biggest problem is finding that right person because even when i post a job ad looking for these people these creative content people Trying to find someone that has the drive and motivation and passion to do it on behalf of your company is, is such a challenge, right? It's like, I have to step up. So one of the things that is part of my plan is that I have to be the one who starts spearheading and leading the creation of the content. So I started dabbling a little bit with that at the beginning of the year. 
And in order for me to fully execute, that's the, the 2024 plan. So I've got some workshops I've already paid for. I'm going to places to get equipped, to get the frameworks, to get the systems in place. Because for me, it's about scalability. I can carve out the time, but I need it to scale much larger than me. And so I think it's also finding the right people to help me scale it too. So it's like, that's my biggest business problem right now in my mind. Cool. It's the funnel, right? It's based on that. I'm going to make an assumption. Let's see if I'm right or not. You have the capacity or the inside knowledge to ramp up the operational components, the talent components of both the help desk and the partnership business. We just need to pop open the funnel to get more prospects and leads and sales in front of us. Is that it? I would say on the help desk business, I could 10x that business right now and it wouldn't even phase me as far as operations go. It was built after my business was built. It was built with the intent that we have to identify how we scale target revenues, right? Aiming for 250K per employee. The thing's unbreakable as a business at that number, right? So that's what really needs to be set on fire and and the world needs to know about. Brilliant. Okay. So what about the partnership business? That's going to come by default, right? When people see what we're doing and, and know what we do during our discovery calls, we're going to identify if they're, they're someone we want to work with. But most, most of the time, I'm going to those guys directly, right? I can tell immediately if you're someone I want to work with. If I want to find someone I work with, I open Amazon.com. I'm like, I want to work with this guy. And then I relentless. They're going to know about me and my business when I'm done with them. I don't care if they have a team. I don't care who they're working with. That's just my approach. And that's what works. And we know that that works. But that's not necessarily scalable from the sense of the help desk business, and nor does it have the, the type of margins that the other one has. So let's break this down. Let's do it like we'll call it for one or the other business. Which business, once you understand the model and you build it for one entity, it's the same. So we're just going to talk exclusively about one entity, but what we're saying applies directly for both either way. Which business do you want to talk about, the partnership business or the help desk business? Let's talk about uh, the help desk because I think it's going to be the easiest. Probably help the most people listening too because the partnership would probably get into too many intricacies. But I understand exactly what you're saying that it applies to both. Okay. So how do you get leads for this business right now? We go to trade shows and uh, set appointments for trade shows and and, uh, then cold outreach, LinkedIn, cold email. So we're doing cold already. That's good. How many domains do you own? And how many emails do you send them on? Not enough. Not even close. It's probably still in the hundreds. Like I said, it's very... Hundreds of emails? Yeah, we're not doing thousands or anything. It's very direct. We don't just like cold email people and DM like you get in your LinkedIn or whatever. It's like my version of a cold DM is going to be a a full-blown loom video going over your entire business from my perspective, tearing it apart and telling you how we can help you. Okay. Who's doing the cold email? It would be me or a business partner or my uh, sales manager. That would be our growth team, I guess, those three people. And we're talking about for the help desk business, you're making those cold emails, right? Oh, yeah. So I can better understand. From a help desk perspective, MSP, what are you actually doing from a Loom video that you're able to look at their business online and be like, here's what you're doing wrong? Like, what can you, what are you seeing? Because I just want to better understand that process. Yeah, I mean, it's the same way someone might do a, like a website audit for you live on camera. We just do it on Amazon, right? Go straight to your listing. So when you've done it as long as 
anyone in my business has. I mean, we can open up any listing and start identifying ways to help you on the spot because my videos are to help you on the spot immediately. I don't want to waste your time. It's like you're going to watch this video and you're done. You're going to go make these changes on your Amazon and you're going to make more money. And then you're going to call me after when that's when you have proof that what I said is right. So that's the approach. Yeah, I got you. So we have the cold outreach. We're going to trade shows. How else are you getting business? Okay, so LinkedIn, email, trade shows. No referrals? Oh, I mean, of course. I mean, we ask for some referrals and we get them. And then we have, you know, incremental sales for other services and things that we do from existing clients, of course. Okay, so we're just going to break this down, how we could scale this business unit. How many leads, like appointments or calls that are booked per month that the intentions to potentially sell them? How many leads are you getting about a month right now? It just ramped up massively because I just put someone in that position to focus on nothing but that. So we've actually been setting record appointments per month for the last few months. But the the challenge, that's a hard question to answer because we also lump in right now appointments set for a trade show. But I would say right about now, we're getting about one appointment per day for Help Desk. If you book 10 appointments, how many of those close? For Help Desk? I can tell you for sure that contracts would go out to probably about 80%. And that means a closing would be, it's probably really close to 30%. So based on those numbers, right, we, that means we're, we're sending about 30 appointments. It's about 24, you know, proposals, about 30%. This means we're getting about seven deals. Correct, correct. It'll be some form of help desk. It may not always be a reoccurring revenue, but I would say that's about how much I'll I'll get some money out of them. Um, it may not be a monthly client. It may be a project or a something like that. Incremental sales, yeah. Okay, so the goal here is we need to ramp up. We need to go from thirty to one hundred. There's only so many trade shows, so we're going to start first and foremost with what we're doing. Right. So the number one thing you can scale is emails. Um, if you were to scrape a list, how many total emails could you get of qualified prospects that you'd want to work with? I guess that could be slightly sensitive. I have a proprietary way of actually getting Amazon sellers. I know they sell on Amazon because they're on Amazon.com. So uh, we have a we have a system. So how do I say unlimited? I mean, how many people are selling on Amazon, right? Okay, that's good. There you go. Unlimited. So your sales manager, he's responsible for looms, right? Is that all he does? No, 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 not even close. She, um, sorry. Michelle. What? Michelle, shout out, you're fucking awesome. She really is. She's a machine. She actually goes to all the trade shows. She schedules the appointments. She goes to the trade shows, meets the people, gets them to show up to a post-show appointment, right? Where we do the demo. And when she's not doing that, she's uh, obviously uh, LinkedIn cold email. What's more successful, LinkedIn or cold email? Historically, LinkedIn by a mile. Oh, shit. Okay. So the first thing I think about when scaling your appointments is doing more of what you're already doing. Has Michelle proven to be successful in this model of outreach? I think the reason she's successful is because she's doing what we found the company on. Was like She's actually, as owners, you, get, you, you start a company and you have... There's nothing to do but grow. So you, all your activity is growth, and right? So until you begin operating and building and you move away from it. She's bringing back some core values and principles to what got us to where we are. 
and keeping those things consistent. Like we have it planned that we are currently looking for a full-time appointment setter so that not even, so someone's doing it when she's at the show, which someone's doing when she's even doing a demo. We've never had actual, a designated appointment setter work 40 hours in this company in the history of the company. I think that alone might double my business without trying. It could be more, but I'm actually um, awaiting, we, we moved to a, a new CRM system and I'm awaiting some better data, but it's going to tell me exactly how much we're going to increase with that new role. So very excited about that. So that's what I'd be focusing on. And here, I'm going to share something interesting that's a different model for that. I've seen some of the best cold calling models are actually not having someone there eight hours a day. It's KPI based. So, hey, you need to send 50 videos a day. How long you do it, I don't care. 50. We're paying you to do the 50. We're not paying you to do the time. What do you think about this? So on the 21st this month, I have it set as a role play day where I am literally locking Michelle in a room and she's supposed to do nothing but outreach. And I'm going to be deconstructing, cataloging, timing everything to actually develop and build out what a full-time person would do. So mathematically, I should be able to identify how the value, like I should be able to reverse engineer how much it costs to do the 50 videos, like you said, or whatever, right? Um, so are you suggesting that I just contract that out in that number? Or, or is, would you say I should still just hire that person and make that the quota? I would reverse engineer the number, right? Let's just say for cold calls, there is a ramp up. There's a 30, 60, 90 day ramp up. And benchmarks have to be based on historical data. So you have to use Michelle's data first to inference what's a reasonable benchmark. So we could define success because what when I think about your business, if you truly have an unlimited, like we could do this for everyone. So people have cold calling operations, you should have a cold loom outreach operation. You have call centers, you got loom centers. It's the same thing. I would be focusing on how can we make this repeatable, scalable? How can you templatize where are the 10 core things that we're finding, like Perio's principle, the 80-20 rule, like where are the big things that we're finding that we could really have someone do this custom at scale because I don't know if you need full-time people because that's a really exhausting role. Like the reason cold callers burn out, it's a mentally exhausting role and eventually you need a, a growth hierarchy. I would be building my loom my cold loom operation as if it's a cold outreach like call center and statistically I'd reverse engineer that, but I wouldn't be tied to weeding them full-time like, hey, we're going to have you in a part-time role where you're probably going to be working 20 hours, but it's going to be 50 videos a day. If that proves successful, if you want to do other stuff, if you want to do that full time, we could actually go deeper. But we just know statistically and historically, like in cold calling centers, right? Like Alex Ramosi, shout out to the guy who wrote this book over here. If you're listening to some point, it's a hundred million dollar lead. In his call centers, they have KPIs and the goal is to have someone done. Like if they come in at eight, they're working four hours, they're done by 12 based on a KPI driven number. That's the first thing. Like I wouldn't even be thinking about content first. I'd be putting all of your eggs in that cold outreach operation. You've already done it. You've already proven success. You already have some statistical correlation understanding that's something that you already know how to do logically you don't need jordan ross or anyone else to really tell you how to do that because you already know how to do it you just need to really define it standardize it and then start to figure out the things you have to figure out is how do we source hire train the right people when i think about this for amazon um, we've worked with a company called the trivium group so you could check them out when you book a call with trivium you get like Mina, who's the founder, is a friend of mine. They drive, they're a multi seven figure agency. They're pushing mid seven figures. They're fucking awesome. And 
when you you get a free consultation with them they have someone they only do consultations this person knows amazon and it's a very affordable thing that tribute that means able to pay this person and then from that consultation that leads to a triage call and a sales call but that con- that consultant is only doing consultations so could you find that type of person instead of training them cold could you get someone that kind of knows amazon and they could send you know 50 videos a day and you give them your spoon feeding them the information and all they have to do is the videos like i'd probably have them all they're doing is videos they record videos maybe they don't click send they record because even if they have to economies of scale if i do a but like a research video next one research video next one maybe at the end of the day they send the whole draw file to an admin that the admin is now sending and doing inbox management like even something like that like serious economies of scale like that shit could ramp big time. So that's actually the first idea for how do we grow the help desk. I'm going to pause here. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's uh, it's not far off from, I guess, what I have in my mind. Just the way that you're, you're saying it, though, is definitely getting the wheels turning on my approach to it. Because effectively, that is the goal. Because I, I, I even believe that what I'm actually building right now um, on my sales side is my sales business. I think it's gonna. Uh, I think it's supposed to eventually be a separate business. It should feed all my businesses if I build it right in the long run. So, it should, and that's the goal. So that's number one. Keep doing trade shows. Can you ramp up trade shows? <laughs> I wish. Like create some and then get more people to show up. Um, it's kind of been the opposite. Like COVID messed everything up, but we don't. Man, I wish I could go to more. We're going to two to three a month right now. Okay, you're doing a lot. That's good. Okay, and then content. So that's a big thing from there because when you think about getting leads, there's cold outreach, so cold call, cold email, cold DM. There's warm leads, so there's people that engage with you. And for that, your warm leads are coming from trade shows. And then there's hot, which is people that are coming to you, finding you through referrals or online. So you look at $100 million leads, one of the things they're going to talk is lead magnets. That's actually one of the things I'm working on right now. Um, I think that's actually thinking about your business. I think one of the, the best places that you guys could actually start getting warm leads is some form of lead magnet. So when you think about your help desk and you think about the people that sign up, is there like a Pareto's principle rule in effect? Like 80% of these people are needing the same thing or have the same issue? What's that thing? I don't know if I want to say that. Um, <laughs> let me think about that. You could type it. You could type it, and we could keep it anonymous. I mean, it's simple. It's simple. It's no different than you. How about this? They want more sales, so that's an easy one, right? Everyone wants more sales on Amazon, or they're someone who hasn't done it yet or needs to do it. I would say that those are the two client types, right? If you got a doctor, engineer that doesn't know how to go to market at all, those type of people. So they're definitely two different types. Scaling your agency month over month is hard. You have to work on delivery and worry about retention and sales, appointments, managing your team, and so much more. I was able to grow a multi seven-figure business and remove myself completely from the day-to-day operation. If you want to do the same, I will show you the exact process I followed to hit the $2 million per year run rate and completely remove myself from the operation. If you want to build the dream business and live the life of your dreams, go to eightfigureagency.co forward slash value. 
I will show you how to build a business that can grow and operate without needing you. Once again, this is eightfigureagency.co forward slash value, and I will give you my best training ever for free. So I have a friend, his name's Marky Max on Twitter, give him a follow, that's going to be worth it for all of you listening. He grows his newsletter business. So he has a 70, about 70,000 subs on his newsletter. So what you should do, two things actually, simultaneously. I would think a lead magnet that can give you their name, email, and phone number in return for whether it's a PDF, a training, an ebook, that is really fucking good. Like this shit is fucking fantastic. I would build that first, right? Because if you want to test ad dollars, you could go on to Amazon or Meta or wherever these or that these business owners are at where you know you could target them. If they give you their email, phone number in exchange, you could actually have that spin-off managers like, hey, when someone gets a lead magnet, we call them in five minutes. They just download this. And then that cold call, right? You go now, now you're in a cold calling process, right? Hey, saw you booked. Or my name's um, Jordan. I'm with the, its business. Do you mind if I ask you a few questions that could potentially add value to help you solve this thing? You get them talking, and then you'd be like, hey, so got this. You're going to love it. Would you be open to a free consultation? Where we're, and this is now you go into the Trivium group process where now you're giving them. Would you be open to a free consultation where we could you through? A full audit of your business and how you could actually opt whatever your value prop is. Everyone that gets on a call is like, yeah, I'll take a free consultation. And then when you do the free consultation, now you're just in your sales process. Hey, here's the roadmap. Would you like to do it solo or would you like to explore what it looks like to do that with us? The lead magnet, I think for you, just based on that one's like a little bit more difficult, but that's going to be it's a little bit more difficult. We're going to we're harder here. But if you could build lead magnet and you could drive the ads to it, that's going to do two things. You're actually going to build a newsletter, which the newsletter could be an agnostic Amazon newsletter. It doesn't have to be your business's newsletter or it could be your business's newsletter where it's like Amazon news of the month, right? Or something like that. Or it could be like best Amazon tips. And that whole newsletter is about adding value and you could promote your business in that newsletter. That's what Max does. Or it could just be your business's newsletter. Right now that you have the, those people... You're giving them the, the tip of the week or the news of the week. Things you need to know about the platform, things you need to know about the algorithm. And that leads you to part three, which is content. So I'm going to pause here. Cold, warm, hot. We're going in that order. Um, we talked about scaling cold outreach. We talked about a warm lead using lead magnet. We're going to talk about getting hot leads, which is inbound through content. Questions on what we just talked about? Any ideas or things that you're wondering there? No, it's just nice to talk to someone that speaks my language on this stuff, you know? It's important. I think as entrepreneurs, sorry, I'm having my lunch with you, but that's the downside of eating lunch and then like eating breakfast at 8 a.m. And then it's seven hours. You're like, God, oh, I didn't eat anything <laughs> for seven hours. But um, I think one of the most important things as an entrepreneur is to have peers or consultants or friends or whoever it is to verbalize this. Dude, this is what I'm seeing. What are you seeing? How are you doing with your business, right? What should I do with my like my inner circle? All my friends here in Santa Monica and Los Angeles are all entrepreneurs. I mentioned Mina, you know, multi seven figure business. I live next door to a guy named Travis Marziani, two hundred thousand subs on YouTube, multi seven figure business, like very very profitable business. Johnny Tran, Money Tree Strategies, 
Sergi. Can't pronounce his last name because he's Ukrainian, but like all these are entrepreneurs. So we're just talking. Max marketing Max. He's one of my good friends. He lives like a town over from me. I think for you, this is such a valuable thing. If you don't have that circle, that's valuable. But if not, you could, there's always community. Let's go to hot. So we talked about cold, warm, and hot. The way you get hot leads is through content. You just kind of like what this is. I rose my hand and like, who wants a consultation? You want to be able to do the same eventually where it's like, hey, we're doing free Amazon audits. Who wants one? Now, I actually did that as well. I copied what you did and actually got a immediate lead. Look at that. Right. So typically, right. So I picked you because you're the biggest business and you know, where you're not a content, like this is not our core competency. I just fucking know this shit because I'm doing it for my business. Right. So I'm able to jam out with you. But you know, if I had, if I do that, I did that last week. I could probably find the exact tweet. I said, Hey, I'm offering three free consultations. I will help you grow your business. Who wants one? I got four highly qualified leads from that. And then the fourth guy said, Hey, technically I'm for three. I'm still, I'll make an exception. I'll give you that one. I think two of them are closed as deals. So this is the power of content now, right? So how the fuck do we do content? So I'm going to introduce you to my content model now. I need to introduce you. I'm going to rebuild it in real time with you. Is that cool? So for you guys listening, you're going to actually just help visualize this with me. So I'm showing you this is my content syndication. You actually need to understand the types of content first. When it comes to content creation, the first and most important thing is who's your ICP, right? I think for you, you know, it's Amazon businesses, right? Amazon stores. See, that's the, that's that's good enough for everyone listening for sure, yeah. Yeah, you're going to want to get more granular. Like my ICP is not just agency owners. It's agency owners who feel like they're in a prison, right? Like, or for you at your level, it's like multi-seven figures. They don't have the capacity to grow. They can't go 10x. Or the founder is the bottleneck. Like there's a series of things. You know your things. So first, that's the filter. When I make content, it's all about that. The way I make content, I'm not going to pull up my calendar because I want to blast everyone's name. It's really easy for me when I'm making content. I'm just like, what did we do this week? What were the conversations we had? Like, what did I talk about in the topic of my group calls, my community calls? I do my community calls. I record them. That's actually content that I repurpose. It's a tweet. It's a tweet. But the thing that you need to be conscious of, right? Once you understand this, like we understand who our clients are, what their issues are. I have a strategy. So this would be important step number one for you, Jordash. 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 I had to fix myself, Jordash. Um, <laughs> it's first and foremost, having a process where you go back and you just review your week. So maybe on a Friday is a great day to create content. Cause if you go back and look through your week, those are your ideas. I don't want you to go create, like, you shouldn't have to sit here and think the best way to think about content is just like, well, who would I talk to? What did we talk about? What problems did I help solve my, my team members? What were they talking about with our clients? Well, you have all the content you need. It's just talk about what has actually happened and then you're retrofitting it to the market. Within that, there's three types of pieces of content. Top, middle, and bottom of funnel. That's it. We're not going to do bottom. Top of funnel. Super simple. Top of funnel content is new followers, right? When I think about for Twitter, for your agency or for your business, I just created a guide on how we built a how we helped an Amazon store add a billion dollars in in revenue on a monthly basis, like 
plus comment billion and I'll send you it, send it to you. It's a giveaway and in return, they become a follower. Thread, right? Thread or long form video. Hey guys, this is Jordache. Um, in this video, I'm gonna be walking you through how you could add a million dollars in recurring revenue to your Amazon store, right? Things that when an Amazon store owner sees that, it's viral nature, they're commenting, they're liking, they're sharing, they're bookmarking. These are top of funnel. These are things that are so fucking good. It's hard for people to not share it because the value is so crazy. Give away your secret sauce. I gave away all my secret sauce. And we get, we get over 100 leads a month, like 100 booked calls a month. Because it's fucking hard to sell that one. People can't do it. The secret sauce is out there. I've published almost everything that. But holding someone's hand or doing it for them is way better. The secret sauce demonstrates you're trustworthy and you are a person of competency. They could trust you to do the thing. They're too busy to do it. So it's okay to share your best content's top of funnel. Does this make sense so far? Middle of funnel. These are YouTube shorts. Tweets that are short, LinkedIn posts that are short. Top of funnel is long form, right? Or or just viral nature. So when I think about top of funnel, a lot of it is like the LinkedIn blog, you know, Twitter thread, Twitter giveaway, um, podcast, right? Podcast that's so good, people are sharing it with each other. Yeah, Yo, you gotta listen to this. It's top of funnel. So where you get new followers. Middle, you're nurturing. People are not ready to buy. Only six percent of a market is in a buying period right now, and that's by that's just statistically proven across several age industries. So you need to nurture them. So this is now where you, when you look through those people, it's very situational. The, the reason you're not growing your Amazon store is because of this one filter. And then you just make a, a post about that one filter. That could be a short form video. That could be a short form tweet. That could be you know my top three tips of the week in your newsletter. That could be like a, a graphic on Facebook, right? That could be a short form post on LinkedIn. It could go everywhere. You look at the pain points that you guys are solving in real time and you make posts about them. Middle. Bottom, a funnel, there's, it's hard and soft sells, right? So I'm actually going to move over to my Twitter page right now. And I'm going to show you in real time a soft sell. So I'm not sharing it yet. So just hang with me. So now we're on my Twitter page. This is what I call soft sell post, soft, well, so soft sell tweet. The profitability of Dominic's uh, of Dom was forever changed at the start of our engagement. Having the right person to look at your business can change everything if they know what to look for. We did this in less than one month with him. Imagine what we can do with you. And then the quote from Dom, the picture that says from Dom, in one month with ADAP, we've completely changed my business. We identified our most profitable clients and customers. And completely rechange my bit, like position my business to increase my revenue LTV profit. That's a soft sell. That's social proof. Then right beneath it, oh my goodness, I actually don't even have call to action, right? So this is actually a great time for me to plug that, right? Like what a silly thing. So come scale with us, right? So now I post this, bada bing, bada boom send that's it's a soft sell like i people and the good thing about this now that i just posted that retweet or that new tweet ah uh, it's not loading now that i posted this new tweet people are going to actually see that tweet again right here right and i actually just tested a new thing so that's soft sell and then the hard sell is like i got three spots who wants a call hey we got three spots for clients this month who wants a call 
those are the models. I'm going to pause here. Any questions? Nope. Totally get it. All right. Now it's like, how the fuck do I make this content so it actually works and scales? That's the question now. So we know the types of content we need to make. Now we actually need to make it. So there's a few different things for you, and I'll actually stop sharing my screen here. But eh, no, actually, we'll scroll up. We'll share the screen. So the big thing I, that I think about is like, what are the pillar pieces of content, right? So you want to be your creative director, Jordash. So hard. I'm like, I want to say Jordash. Just call me JP. It's you, fine. JP. Oh God, so I much easier. Done that at the beginning. <laughs> yes, JP. Thanks, bro. Um, I need you to be your creative director. Uh, I have tested over the last 12 months. I've brought in external agencies to be my creative director because I just want to optimize and just record content. Hey, tell me what to do. No one could do it better than me, man. No one could fucking do it better than me. No one could give me creative guidance on my business like I can. Now, having said that, I do have someone on YouTube giving me ideas based on keyword search that's very different than me and my content. He, he is literally looking up search volume. That's legitimate. He can tell me what to do. Hey, can we make a video on this? Yes, but it's my video. On Twitter, the concepts, I have to be like, hey, I'm going to be talking about this thing, this thing, this and this thing. The best business owners, they sit down. So if you, what you can do and what I'd probably encourage you to do is if you don't have a professional camera or that whole setup, I would either A, get a professional studio setup. You're actually, this is good enough with what you have. I have a whole studio. Cool. So <laughs> what good. you want is just your topics. So your topics, I want you to do long form and short form. Your long form podcast, Loom trainings that you could publish native to these platforms and potentially even YouTube videos. YouTube is hard because YouTube is like... I, I YouTube is its own beast. I have to make videos that are only for YouTube because it's so specific. You have to do a specific hook I would just really focus on what these long form concepts because the podcast and do it as if you're going to publish on a podcast or you're making as a training video because your podcasts and training videos could get turned into threads, which could then get turned into newsletters, which could then get turned into LinkedIn blogs. Your short form ideas, it's you have like a list of 10, 15, 20 things and you're just ringing off the concept. Like th this week I saw this thing or the number one issue I always see, it's just you're ringing it off like this. They go to shorts, they go to TikTok, they go to reels, then they get transcribed into short tweets, into short LinkedIn posts, into short posts on Facebook, into short posts on, link on LinkedIn. On Facebook, you have someone that is a con, and then this is the final component of this. You get people that are specific for each one, content creators that are Twitter specific. They will take your long form video, you will give them the transcription. So you could have an AI tool that transcribes your videos into text, the copywriters for LinkedIn and the copywriter for Facebook and the copy or the content creator for Twitter, their job is to not change the words in the message. They need to contextualize it for Twitter. A tweet and a thread is different than a LinkedIn blog. A tweet and a thread is different than a post on Facebook. Because a lot of times on Facebook it's about the graphic, right? It's a picture. You get people on each platform that then take this raw information and then they contextualize it to the platform. That's how you scale. It's, it's JP sitting down in front of a camera. He has 10 long form videos or five long form videos and you're going to do your long form for an hour or two. And then you do your short form, 20, 30 hot takes based on the things you do. And then you're done for the month. You're done for the week. You're done for two weeks because that gets shipped off to your 
team who will then do the rest of it. And the big thing that I've learned about this process, don't give up your creative direction. It still has to be your creative direction. You could get suggestions based on what these type of things are hot on these platforms. But as long as you know the topics you want to cover, no one could be you. No one could be JP. No one could do the sauce like you, like create the sauce that you can. I call it the sauce. It's like it's your it's your mojo. It's your aesthetic. It's who JP is. That's how at scale you do content. You start to do that. The last component of this is promotion. Final part. Promotional content is um, just because you post it doesn't mean anyone gives a fuck, right? So, like, how do we actually do this where it's going to scale? When I post my podcast, I tweet about the podcast two or three times a week. I put in my newsletter. My YouTube videos, I put into my newsletter, I tweet about it, right? And then on Twitter, you could drive engagement. So, you could target Amazon stores on Twitter to drive engagement towards a really good fucking thread and they'll follow you. You could go into engagement groups where people, well, like on LinkedIn, it's like you need to find 10 other Amazon agency owners. And it's like, I like my shit and comment on your shit. You do it for me too, right? You need to get deep into the platform. How does the algorithm for the platform work? It's just really good fucking content of people engaging with them. That's it. But you need to build your communities of people that will get you followers. Really good content, hyper-contextualized promotion and cross-promotion. And then you have to get people liking and commenting at scale. That's what gets you followers and eyeballs. That's how you, I found you or you found me. This is the bottle that will grow your business, right? Scale your app, cold outreach first. Consider warm outreach with a lead magnet. I think that's actually the hardest thing to do. Um, I'm still working on my lead magnet. And then when it goes to content, you could use content. Then eventually when you, when you go deeper on ads, you could do all this before you do ads. I don't even do ads for my business. And you know we'll probably be at $3 million run rate pretty close, pretty soon. With all this, now I know the content that works. So I could use that to inference what I should be doing on that. That's my model. That's what you need. Any questions? How would that model work if you're gone in three months? So let's say you just drop dead. Is the business going to continue to grow uh, without you? And not at first, right? Yeah. So so when you're thinking long term, we're, we're pretty young, so we don't think this way often. But I'm always looking at trying to build sustainable engines without me there so what what would you add to what you already have done what you've already built to start a foundation for i'm out of here in five years because i want to go i don't know maybe you want to go build rockets or something <laughs> so the first thing i would say you have to actually start with this here's why because you need to understand how this shit works because what's going to happen next is you're going to find like this Mich Michelle as an example shout out Michelle hey i think you'd be a great person to make content for our company are you open for that and then you put her through the same system and then you could develop her and you could coach her. And now instead of it being JP's Twitter, right? JP and Michelle. And then you change the name from JP Michelle to like, it's your agency's Twitter, right? So you're, and that, so you could slowly introduce her content into your feed and then your bit, your company could fund an account for her, right? Your company could have an account. I think the personal brands are actually what work really well. If she leaves, if she goes to another company and you have her account, you just flip out the name and you put someone else in there, you still have all the followers. It's, they don't fucking know who that person is, but it's not like followers are there. And if it's good content, they'll stick around. 
So you build the model to learn how to do it for yourself, to do it for other people in your company. And you have an agnostic company one, but then you start to do multiple accounts. And that's how you grow it. But you have to own the accounts. It cannot be their account. It has to be the business's account. So I once had someone present to me a, a concept for the content creation that I thought it was pretty slick. And uh, I've seen it work for quite a few brands I work with, but it's the uh, short form first approach where high, high volume, high iteration to identify what works. Once you know something's stuck, then you actually push it into the long form syndication track or program to, right, to take a, a good idea that people liked and maximize that one thing. Uh, have you tried That's that? A great or is philosophy. that something? Yeah. A lot of times I'll just see like, oh, that tweak got a lot of, a lot of engagement. This is now a deeper level strategy, but oh my God, that tweak got so much more engagement than I thought it would. I guess I should make a thread on it. I guess I should make up, you know what I mean? So as you do this, I think you always need both. And the goal is mass distribution. I'm on YouTube. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn, but I'm making the content. If I could just do video and I could sit down for a couple hours, then I'm good. So this, this is a hundred percent. This will probably be a giveaway. This will definitely be a giveaway on Twitter. I can tell you that I'm going to chop up this part of my, of the webinar of the podcast. And now it's a webinar. You said you have someone who does a little bit of like, you know, they're doing the analytics telling you, you know, what the demand is. They're keeping a pulse on maybe what people want. But would you say, would, would an executive assistant who like just dedicated to this for you set you free in any way? Should, is that a position I, sh I should or could consider? How much grunt work is it like, can I set myself free from, you know? In theory, the only thing you can really do like if you just max out, it's you making content behind the camera. And then you have to probably have, I would probably, if you want to do it the right way, get a consultant for Twitter that you pay like $500 a month, a consultant for LinkedIn, a consultant for Facebook, a cons and you're just paying them to audit. Am I still, is my content working? And if not, because I'm sitting down, I'm making the content, I need you to audit the person that's making the content for me and give them feedback. That'd be the way you could like fully exit this because Gary V will tell you is like, no, you need to understand each platform. That's really fucking hard. Maybe you just pick one platform that you like. If you like scrolling on Twitter, maybe you're only focusing on Twitter because you like to be on it anyway. And then the other stuff, you just hire the consultants, you know, like, cause my podcast, I found a guy that has grown. He runs a podcast agency. He's like, yeah, if you pay me $500 a month, I'll audit your stuff once a month and tell you what to do. That's fucking nothing. That's nothing. And this guy runs a serious business. I'm like, geez, I would, I'd pay you a lot more than that, but I'll take it. Right. So that's how I do it. I bring in consultants to tell me what to do and how to iterate micro on a microcosm. And then I implement. So for my podcast, I got free consulting. I was going to pay for someone. And I was like, with my two co-hosts, I was like, we can implement this for the next 90 days and then just pay someone else to come in and consult us again. And then again, and that's all, that's what we do. We we're, I'm paying for consultants who know the algo changes and tell us what to do. So with that, JP, thank you so much for coming in. I hope this was fucking awesome. And for everyone that wants to learn more about you and your business, where can they go check you out and check your agency and all that fun stuff? Well, you definitely want to follow me on X, formerly known as Twitter. Definitely want to go check that out. It's my name, Jordash, with a P at the end. There's not too many Jordashes, and uh, I'll probably pop up right at the top there. And if you search anything Amazon on there, you'll probably find me. That's the best place to follow me on social media. I'm pretty popular on LinkedIn as well, Jordash Perozo. 
My company is Seller Slice, like a slice of pie. All one word, and we're on LinkedIn, and of course our, our website's available, but really appreciate this, Jordan. This is very valuable. Oh, and also, guys, if you're listening to this, come hang out with us. We are doing 8F Live October 26th in Los Angeles. If you sign up for the silver, I think it's gold or platinum tickets, you're going to be able to hang out with me Wednesday evening. And then we're going to be doing some networking on Friday. So 8F Live, fly in October 25th, hang out with us, get, get to sit down with some serious entrepreneurs, Dylan Ander, built and sold his agency for over $10 million. He's going to be breaking down how he did that, exited and sold. We have Charles Jolly. He built and sold five companies, the largest of which was doing over $100 million. It was a SaaS company. He had an NDA. He can't say what he sold it for, but by estimate, he's probably sold it for close to a bill or more than a bill. And then we had Mac Business built and sold his agency. He's going to talk to you how you could start to po- acquire customers for no cost, how you could actually get paid to acquire customers. Those are some of our keynote speakers. I'm going to be doing a great keynote on exiting your operation. If you want to exit or sell your business, you want to be at 8F Live. Where do they go to sign up? Go to the description below. It's in the description below. Thanks, Tradition. What is good, Agency Owners? Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you are looking for support growing your agency and are not sure the best way to do that, go to eightfigureagency.co forward slash call where you will book a call with us and we will start our process to help you figure out what is the best way to grow your business. We're going to review your systems, add value, and help you understand a new model and system that you can start to build that is going to easily enable massive growth this year. Once again, that is eightfigureagency.co forward slash call, where we will help you scale your agency and add $10,000 in MRR per month. Cheers.